Good afternoon, professional drivers, and welcome to this version of Your Voice is Heard. Month to date, CFI drivers have been involved in nine DOT recordable crashes. Alarming, though, of those five uh, have been attributed to either uh, our vehicle or the other vehicle uh, causing a lane change incident. I just want to take a moment to remind everybody as the summer uh, travel season kicks off soon, uh, you know you're going to face a greater exposure to the unsafe actions of other motors. Surround your vehicle with plenty of space, choose the lane of least resistance, and always position your vehicle for optimum visibility. When changing lanes, check, recheck, and check again before completing the merge. Inevitably, though, no matter how protectively you drive, someone's always waiting to place you right back in harm's way. No worries. Just remember FIDO. Forget it. Drive on. Don't compound an already stressful situation by allowing the unsafe actions of others to wear you thin. A safe, courteous, professional driver will always prevail. Thanks for all you do to keep our roadways a safe place for all. And with that, I'd like to introduce our president, Greg Orr. Hey, good afternoon, CFI professional drivers. Hope you're having a good week. It's been a uh, crazy couple of weeks here, uh, starting off May, and, and hopefully um, uh, we'll be able to share a little bit more insights to what we're seeing in the industry with uh, Mr. Hintz here in a couple seconds. But wanted to share just a couple quick things. So first and foremost, uh, on the 23rd, we will be unveiling both the military trucks uh, that are commemorative to what we've done over the years, as well as the she drives trucks. And we also have one special uh, emergency responder truck that will be coming out this year. So please look for that on social media, and we'll be uh, making sure that we have as many pictures and videos out there as we possibly can for everybody to see that if you're not here live. Lastly, I did have one question that was brought to me around um, could we take a look at uh, doing some updating or remodeling of the showers, uh, specifically in Taylor and Joplin uh, locations? So Randy and I are going to do a little bit of uh, work on that, see what those facilities look like, see if they need some updatings. And as we get uh, the time to take a look at those, we'll, we'll report back on where we're at on that. Um, hopefully everybody's enjoying the Laredo facilities. I think everything is completed there. And from the feedback that I've heard so far, it's been pretty positive. So hopefully uh, it's checking the mark for everybody. But um, anyways, I will kick it over to Mr. Hens. Let's have a good week. Be safe, and thank you for all you do. And, Mike, take it away. Thanks, Greg. Hey, everyone. Hope, uh, hope you had a good week and you got a good one up ahead of you. Uh, we've been getting a few questions on, hey, what's going on with uh, freight it feels a bit different than it did last year, and uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, last year was, was a way different year than how this year is turning out. And I'll talk briefly about what, what's driving that, um, but really it, it has a lot to do with the availability of trucks and the availability of freight. There's a little bit more trucks available, and there's a little bit less freight, and so that's causing some changes in dynamics um, that we're having to work through. You know, if, if you spend any time watching the news, you know what's going on in China, and that's caused a lot of, say, shippers to change the way they manage their supply chain. You're also probably quite well aware of what's what's been going on at the border of Mexico. 34% uh, of our business is, touches the Mexican border, 
And so that certainly, um, that situation certainly has an impact. When, when major things like that happen, the trucking economy certainly takes notice and is impacted by the different supply chains and the markets. And then our customers, um, after having a couple of years where the trucking companies really had some leverage in terms of freight quality and price, um, the customers have smelled and realized that it's a little bit different this year and are taking advantage of that by putting a lot of their business out to bid. And I've got a few tidbits of information from uh, Mike Servine, our head of sales. Uh, 283 bids so far this year, $2.6 billion worth of bid activity, of which we've accepted $21 million uh, through that process. So to say that our top 30 customers, I would say easily 75% of those customers have put their business out for bid in one way or another or are about to. So to say there's a lot going on would be an understatement. Now, we are getting um, some feedback again from drivers saying, hey, there's pockets of softness out there. What are you doing about it? So we'll talk about that specifically in just a minute. But I wanted everyone to know that if you're feeling like the market's a little bit different or freight's a little bit different than last year and you're wondering if it's just you, uh, the answer to that is uh, no. And many of our competitors uh, that Greg and I and others talk to all the time, uh, they're feeling exactly the same thing and many much, much worse because they don't have our service and reliability to back them up. And that's one of our saving graces, to be quite honest with you, is the service that you and you know, CFI as a total provide. Here's a little data point for you. Last year at this time, in the DAT load boards that, that are online, there was 10 loads for every truck. This year, 1.6 loads per truck. Just for a scale of difference, there, I mean, you could just walk and pick up freight everywhere. We were turning down four to 500 a, a day. Now we can legitimately say we're, we're maybe turning down 30 to 50 a week that just flat out don't work. So it's a much different place this year than last. Also, when it comes to price, I wanted to call this out to you. Uh, most trucking companies thought that 2019 they'd be able to get three to 5% price increases. Um, that just hasn't proven to be true. Um, actually, much of the feedback through that bid activity that we're getting from our customers now is telling us that, hey, yeah, we really like what you do, but your price is 10, 15% too high. And if you want to keep what you've got or even grow a little bit, you're going to have to skinny down your price. So, of course, that goes to our cost position. And we've talked to you many times about the things that you can do to help and the things we can do to help. You know, the, one of the biggest areas that, that you can help with our cost position is, of course, safe operations. Number two would be fuel. And I know we can count on you to help in both of those. Now, in terms of what's going on that, that is really news you can use, um, I've got several customers I'm just going to rattle off to you so you know that we're working hard to bring on new business. Many of these customers you're going to know by name. Uh, Nokia, three loads a week. Verizon, um, nine loads per week. Um, At-home stores, five loads a week. Zulily, another 12 loads per week. Kohl's. Just one, five loads per week. Wayfair, we just want another four loads per week. 
And I'm telling you that because those are customers that last year at this time we did not have in our book of business. And that's really important so you realize that although the names that you're very familiar with, Tractor Supply, Michaels, you know, all of those customers certainly are important to us, um, we're not just sticking to our current stable, we're branching out. Finally, in terms of a plan, I want you to realize that we're not just sitting here letting the market beat us around. Although it certainly is different, we have a very intentional and clear plan. Uh, people know exactly what they're accountable for, exactly how they're, they're going to be measured. We know exactly what we're going to attempt to do, and we're going to fight to make sure that we've got the freight that you're counting on. So I wanted you to know that sales, customer service, maintenance, I mean, everyone here knows exactly what role they play to keep our freight bucket full, and you can count on us to keep fighting no matter what the weather conditions are. So I'll turn it back over um, to Andy to talk about safety, and, and we'll have time at the end to do some Q&A if you're interested. So, Andy? Thanks, Mike. So we recently heard from uh, professional driver Craig Day regarding the installation of the inward-facing um, smart drive event recorder. Uh, this has been one that we've talked about a little bit, and, uh, you know, we're very attuned to, um, you know, the different uh, nuances associated with that. Uh, so, um, to date, I just want to say that uh, since we started installing those devices late last year, uh, we haven't been subjected to um, any enforcement by inspectors on the roadside. Um, in fact, uh, the 2015 FAST Act uh, directed the FMCSA to amend regulations to allow voluntary safety technology to be installed within that swept area of the of the windshield. Though, in full disclaimer, though, um, GPS devices aren't uh, what they would call an exempt uh, device. So, uh, to to kind of bonify that, um, CFI actually invited a, a couple of FMCSA inspectors to come out and check out our installations. And uh, throughout that process, the, the inspectors concurred that it was legal, uh, placed uh, in, a, in, a, in a position that would not cause uh, any danger to the drivers or force them to be uh, uh, accountable to any enforcement. She also um, shared her findings with the enforcement community that also um, concurred unanimously that it wasn't a problem from a roadside enforcement aspect. So... Um, if this is something that gets you into trouble on a roadside inspection, though, uh, we in the safety department would like to hear about it. Uh, so keep us posted if that happens, and, uh, you know, we'll be happy to talk about that and possibly even data cue that just to make sure that uh, they're applying the law appropriately. Uh, with that, I want to talk about uh, Smart Drive just a little bit. And, um, uh, you know, for, for many of you, um, you may be operating with this system on your truck today. Uh, the rest of you, it'll uh, it'll be on your truck probably as the year unfolds. Our goal is to have the uh, the installs all done by December, and I think we're just uh, right about halfway done with those today. So, um, the inward facing recorders are being installed with the equipment, but that's mainly because that's what our vendor offered us. Um, however, in certain instances, the inward-facing option may be activated. Uh, those would be, for instances of risky driving, such as CSA violations, um, you know, accident frequency and such. Um, I'll say if that's the case, uh, you are going to be the first person to know about it. 
uh, you know, there's there's not a mechanism in place today for CFI to remotely access that camera and activate it. So it'll most likely occur here in Joplin after we have a face-to-face discussion and our, our maintenance uh, folks actually activate that inward one when necessary. So uh, the outward-facing uh, recorders are active. Uh, the key to remember, though, these are event recorders. Um, something such as heartbreaking, turning too fast, collision mitigation events and such have to trigger the recordings. Um, your privacy is respected. Smart Drive is not a monitoring service. Um, just because I, an event was triggered, a video might have been captured, it doesn't necessarily mean that you did anything um, that would be considered risky. Um, you know, so not every video is going to be a coachable event. The best part about these systems, though, is onboard recording supports and defends the actions of safe professional drivers. Um, matter of fact, we recently encountered a scenario um, that exonerated our driver and uh, cleared his name and uh, saved the company a lot of money in the process. Um, you know, an accident that um, our, our driver allegedly left his lane of travel and ran somebody off the road, and once the uh, smart drive video was reviewed, our driver maintained his lane of travel, didn't run anybody off the road. So um, that was a big win for not only for that driver, but for, for our family, too. Hey, Andy, real quick, one thing I think to, to mention, too, is that, you know, when some of these have been triggered, um, when we have reviewed them, we've noticed that our professional drivers have done some very, very outstanding maneuvering. And I know for a fact that we've actually placed calls to those drivers and thanked them uh, and recognized them for that specific uh, event. So it's we're trying to make sure that this is not just a – a negative approach. We want to make sure that we're recognizing everybody that's doing the right things as well. And and, and I know that's more meaningful, obviously, than, than having a coaching session. So that's our focus is making sure that we're trying to take care of both sides of the picture because obviously we want everybody as safe as we possibly can be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and there's been uh, situations, too, where we sit down face-to-face from time to time and review that video with the driver. And we don't just talk about everything the driver could do better. We we also take the time to show them what they're doing really good, too. So that's equally as important. ELD. Uh, by now, uh, most of us have heard uh, that phrase in the industry, um, such that the FMCSA mandated use of ELDs as of December of uh, 2017. Uh, we might not have thought about it a whole lot, though, because we operate e-logs today, right? So the CFI's current e-log, a compliant ELD. Most correct answer is yes, but dot, dot, dot. CFIs uh, used what's known as an automatic onboard recording device, or ALBRD, since uh, we first implemented e-logs in 2010. Um, when the mandate was enacted in 2017, motor carriers were uh, essentially grandfathered um, into the ELD mandate if they had previously uh, fully implemented those uh, ALBRDs. So, in short, we were given an extra two years to be fully compliant with the ELD mandate. So. Uh, the calendar is going to catch up to us pretty soon, and uh, CFI, uh, alongside with virtually the rest of the trucking industry, are going to be making the change over to ELD by the end of this year. So ELDs basically do the same thing your your current e-log does today. Uh, however, the FMCSA has placed some very specific uh, requirements uh, for the function 
of the ELD and uh, set some parameters that the uh, motor carrier cannot change. Um, among those is the calculation of when drive time is computed. Um, log editing is going to be uh, quite a different uh, function in the ELD state, such as today when you make an edit to your change or to your record of duty, um, essentially it erases and overwrites the original record. But when we move to the ELD format, uh, both the original and the corrected uh, record of duty will be um, uh, transparent and subject to roadside enforcement potentially. So um, every mile the truck moves has to be attributed to a driver logged into the device um, in an ELD world. So um, there's going to be times that uh, if you're not logging out of your 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 PeopleNet device today, such as when you turn your truck over to the shop, situations like that, it's going to be very imperative that you you do um, log out so those miles don't get uh, uh, attributed to you. So today, CFI is testing the ELD platform among about a dozen drivers, and so far, so good. Um, you know, the, the new uh, PeopleNet eDriver log uh, interface is a, a lot more user-friendly. Um, today you have to bounce around a lot of different screens to use all the various functions. Uh, the, the new interface is going to have everything in one place, uh, so it's uh, much easier to, to use. <coughs> Our plan is to start migrating the entire fleet beginning in June. Um, Albeit that we don't uh, uncover any uh, any bugs in the uh, in the interim, so uh, we'll keep everybody posted on that. And I, I know that uh, change isn't always easy, and the rules may sound a little tough, uh, but uh, this is an industry-wide mandate, and uh, we're all in this together. So um, the key to success in this ELD world coming up is going to be managing your time effectively, logging it accurately and communication with operations uh, when your available driving time becomes constrained. <laughs> Excuse me. Lastly, I wanted to take a moment to just uh, have some conversation about uh, this uh, invasive little critter called the spotted lanternfly. Uh, this is causing quite the uh, ruckus in the southeastern Pennsylvania area of the United States. So. Um, I just want to caution everybody, if you're picking up freight, resting, fueling, or stopping anywhere in southeast Pennsylvania, um, that is a quarantine zone for this invasive critter. So um, pay special attention to your equipment uh, as, the, as that bug is known to hitchhike. <laughs> All drivers stopping in this zone are also required to have a permit. The permit can be issued... Um, once you've uh, completed the required training, which is available on your driver dashboard and at CFI terminals. If you have any questions about uh, that permit, uh, feel free to reach out to us in the training department or stop by any any terminal. So that's all I got from safety. Uh, I'll turn it over to Randy for maintenance. All right, Andy. Thank you. I appreciate it. So my first question, uh, it, actually it was an issue with a trailer. Uh, that was brought up by Craig Day, and it was in regards to the new trailers that when he would turn his parking lights on, only the right side trailer lights would come on. If you experience that, please know that in the truck there is a fuse for the right and left side. So what was hap what happened was he had a fuse that was out. Uh, so it wasn't a problem with the trailer. It was a problem with the fuse in the truck. So if you see that happening, be sure and look for that. 
the other thing that he had commented on was some concerns with the bungee cords on the trailer doors. Um, when we started out early on, back uh, about three years ago, when we started buying Hyundai's, we had some problems with that. We made some adjustments, changed some things, um, and we'll continue to look at that to see if those are causing any issues. But historically, they were kind of hanging into the doorway and causing an issue with the doors being able to shut. So the newer trailers, that shouldn't be a problem. But if you continue to see that, please let us know through the communications email. The other thing I would like to add is that we are buying 740 new trailers this year. They have started arriving in Laredo, and uh, the plan right now is to take uh, probably the majority of those in Laredo. Uh, so those will go into Laredo, and we will be selling the old trailers, getting them out of the fleet. So we're looking forward to having an updated fleet. That's definitely sure, for sure. Um, the next one is from... Uh, uh, it's an, actually an internal thing here, but uh, idle air in West Memphis and Laredo, obviously summertime is here. We want to encourage you uh, to use that idle air system in West Memphis and in Laredo. Uh, it obviously saves on fuel. Uh, it saves on wear on the engines. There's just a lot of positives for using it. So we certainly would encourage you to use those. If you run into, run into situations where you're finding that some of the units are not working, be sure and report that to the terminal managers, and they will get on that with idle air to get those corrected. Uh, I had a question from Kevin Manor, uh, and his question is, is there any way that our road service department can send feedback over the people net to us that our PM or service request at a truck stop has been authorized? So the majority of that kind of work is going to be at the TA Petro's. Uh, around the country, and we use those a lot every day. As an example, last month we had 3,600 work orders uh, with the TA Petro shop network through their computer system called eShop. So in regards to Kevin's question, he's asking us to let them know that it was approved. What we will do is, I talked to Tracy about this, and Tracy said that what we can do uh, is that we can notify the driver that the request has been received. We won't necessarily let you know that it's been authorized or not because there's communication going back and forth with eShop to determine what repair is needed before we actually do any authorization. So the eShop system works very well for us to communicate with the shops. One challenge that we have come across from time to time is that drivers will call and say, you know, it took an hour for us to respond or an hour and a half or two hours to respond to an eShop request. That system tracks the time from the time that we receive it to the time that we approve it. Our average response time here is nine minutes. So if there's an hour or an hour and a half delay, it's typically on the side of the shop by not requesting the approval from us. Uh, so, But if you run into those situations, please let us know and we'll certainly uh, let you know what the system tells us. So we appreciate those comments, Kevin. Tracy, did you have anything to add to that? Randy, the only other thing I would say is just as a reminder to drivers, um, during shift changes, you might see a little bit greater delay, so 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., and then again at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., that's whenever we're transitioning to different teams. So if you can try to avoid calling during those times, we can help to eliminate some delays in, in those areas. But yeah. other than that, we're great. Okay, but beginning Monday, we'll start letting them know that we received the, the request from the, the eShop, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, cool, perfect. Um, 
So uh, the next one is a, a, a kind of an interesting question. I had to do a little digging on this one, but the question was, why is it that a pet pass stays active for the entire term of employment, but a rider pass for your significant other or any other person uh, has to be renewed every year? So did a little research into this, and the federal regulations actually are what govern the passenger pass. And the federal regulations require that the passenger pass has to have an end date on it. So we're required to have an end date by the regulations on that passenger pass. We allow passenger passes for uh, children as young as 12 years old and on up. An adult can sign for a minor, but an adult cannot sign for another adult. So part of the reason that we have the 12-month renewal is that as that child matures, once they become of adult age, they actually have to sign for themselves. So if we didn't have a renewal date on those permits, number one, we'd be in violation of the regulations, and number two, we might have a minor that turns into an adult that was actually signed for as a minor, but they're no longer a minor. So that's the reason for that. But that, that's a great, that was a great question, Thomas Brown, and uh, it's good for us to go back and look at things and ask ourselves why we do what we do. Um, the last thing that I would just like to mention is that Greg had mentioned the uh, remodel that we did in Laredo of the restrooms, but we're also now we're going to be putting a new roof on Laredo. So here over the next 14 to 30 days or so, you're going to start to see some work there on the roof in Laredo, so we just ask that you uh, be respectful of the contractors as they're working and uh, and stay out of their way, which you did a fantastic job uh, when we were doing the bathrooms, and we certainly are grateful for you for that and appreciate uh, you for that. So uh, with that said, I will turn it over to our Vice President of IT, Mr. Tom Anderson. Hey, thanks, Randy. Good afternoon to all of our drivers. <clears throat> Hey, along with uh, uh, along with the repairs that are going to be taking place down there on the radio on the roof, uh, there you know we've got a bunch of uh, antennas and other things up there on the roofs as well. And so I want to let our drivers know that uh, number one, uh, we've got public Wi-Fi turned on down there in Laredo. As a matter of fact, we've gotten it turned on in uh, West Memphis and. Uh, Laredo, and I'm forgetting one. Joplin. Joplin, thank you. That was the first one. Good gosh. And and anyway, so so Wi-Fi won't be interrupted down there. Uh, you guys, Greg is laughing at me right now because I couldn't remember Joplin. <laughs> but anyway, so the Wi-Fi won't be interrupted down there. The one thing that may be is our is our TV. We've got Direct TV down there. We're going to try to make sure that we have coverage. Or, you know that you don't that that's not disrupted down there. Uh, but I can't make any promises on it right now. So, like Randy said, just bear with us. We're going to get the, the roof repaired down there and get all your services back up and available to you as quickly as possible. Um, we also had a few comments from a number of our professional drivers regarding reimbursements and receiving payment more quickly. So we're all for getting paid faster, all of us are, right? So the best way that I know of to get reimbursed for your expenses out there on the road is for you to use your transport application on your phone. You can capture images of your bills of lading, uh, other load-related documents, including receipts, things like that. That ensures that we get those, those receipts and that documentation back into Joplin as quickly as possible. The quicker we get that back in here, the quicker you get reimbursed. So I, I just uh, I can't emphasize enough, let's, let's make use of that technology and we can get you reimbursed more quickly. 
Um, I can even go one better than that on scale receipts, though. If you guys would download and use the cat scale application, um, you don't even have to turn in a receipt for a cat, for for a uh, for weighing weighing your load. What happens is, is we get billed directly for that, and so that doesn't even come out of your pocket. Um, so, and what's really cool about that is you can do that in about five or ten minutes versus 45 minutes or so, what it takes you to under the old way to get that done, gets you back out on the road quicker, allows you to make more money, and, it, and it, as a matter of fact, saves you money because you're not having it out of, out of pocket expenses. It's a win-win for everybody. So, um, if you guys have any questions about how to install those applications, uh, you can contact the IT help desk here in Joplin, uh, or you can stop and, and stop in at the uh, pit crew over at Driver Services if you happen to be here. Go in, ask those guys. They'll help you set those applications up, show you how to use them. Um, we'd be more than happy to help you get that going. So, um, I guess uh, the last thing that I wanted to let you guys know is um, uh, I talked about Wi-Fi just a couple of minutes ago. So, again, Joplin, thank you guys. Uh, West Memphis and Laredo, we're also going to be installing Wi-Fi at the Taylor location and the Wilmer location. I don't have specific dates on that yet, but that's coming soon. So, anyway, that's what I have for this month. You guys be safe out there. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Dustin Quisenberry, our Vice President of Operations. Hey, thanks, Tom. Uh, that's some good stuff there with those apps. makes life a lot easier. And gives us more time to be on the road running miles, right? That's it. All right. All right. I got a few questions uh, here today. Uh, the first one comes from professional driver Scott Markle, and really it's an observation. And Scott had an experience where he picked up a trailer uh, down in Victoria, Texas, for a customer where he was going to load at uh, Formosa. And when he picked up the trailer, it had a lot of debris on there and uh, a lot of dunnage that uh, he had to spend some time to clean and get ready before he could go uh, pick up the load. So really, Scott's observation is a good uh, opportunity for us to just remind our entire driving fleet that we ask everyone to leave trailers in the condition that you would expect to find it in. So mechanically sound, no trash, uh, and just ready for the next driver to hook it and go. So again, Mike Hens talked in the top of the call that uh, you know CFI is providing really good service right now to our customers. And a big piece of that is making sure that we leave equipment in good condition for the next driver to hook it. So we appreciate everyone's continued commitment and support to that. So thanks again, Scott, for your question. Uh, the next one I have uh, comes from uh, driver Mike Massaro. And Mike had a question that, uh, again, another observation, I should say, about customers are still asking uh, in certain uh, situations to have a copy of a driver's license and a phone number. So great uh, observation. Glad you pointed it out, Mike. And so what I would like to share with, with the team on this is that, you know, we continue to be in an environment where safety and security uh, is more important each day. And a lot of our customers, uh, just like CFI, we have a commitment to a program called CTPAT. And what CTPAT stands for is Customers Customer Trade Partnership Against Terrorism. And that's really an active uh, government program that people are committing to help make sure we, we create a safe transportation environment for drivers, for motoring public, for the customers, for warehouses, and for everybody involved. Now, while taking a copy of a driver's license is not necessarily a requirement for CTPAT, some of our customers have elected to take security uh, for, for people and drivers and warehouse workers 
as well as cargo to the next level. And so some are beginning to ask for that. Now, we aren't requiring our drivers to provide that. If you get in a situation where you're asked for that and you don't feel comfortable, let us know. We're trying to communicate ahead of time those customers we know about who are asking. So when you receive a dispatch where that's going to happen, if you're not comfortable with it, just make sure and let us know. But, again, I want to explain why uh, that, that is occurring. And, again, it's a commitment to uh, bring more security to people as well as cargo. The next thing I would add to that quickly is that as we're learning about those customers who are asking for that, we are also going back to them and doing our best to negotiate the use of our company-issued CFI IDs in those circumstances when we can. And then we're also asking for a commitment from them to take uh, ownership over the chain of custom custody over that information that they're copying. So basically providing a commitment to us that they will destroy uh, at, at, a, at a certain period in time. So um, again, great, great, um, great question from Mike, but it is something that we're seeing more of and we'll likely see more of as we move into the future. Uh, the next question or observation I had was um, is around slip seats. So let's talk for a minute about what slip seats are in CFI's network. Uh, our slip seat operation currently today consists of 40 tractors, and we have a total of 2,050 tractors. So we're really less than 2% of our total seated units uh, run in a slip seat model. Uh, slip seat is a, for example, a truck that would leave Dallas in the morning and a truck that would leave West Memphis in the morning. They would meet in the middle, they swap loads, they go back to their respective origin locations. Those day drivers will get out and a night driver will get in and perform the same uh, perform the same route. So uh, that is what slip seat means. Uh, and today we're seeing about uh, 900, uh, roughly about 900 miles a day productivity on that tractor because we're utilizing two drivers in that piece of equipment. So it's helping us improve utilization a little bit. Uh, I, we've had some questions about the amount of freight going in and out of Laredo on foot seat drivers. Today I would tell you that 90% of all freight that goes in and out of Laredo still goes in on an OTR or regional tractor. So a very, very small percentage of Laredo freight is currently being moved on split seats. Um, and I guess the other point I would, would make on split seat is that we, we aren't adding any additional split seat tractors to the fleet currently unless we have a specific demand from a customer where it's a very good fit. So 40 is our number currently, and we'll be evaluating again if we get any customer requests, and we'll, we'll take a look at those individually. Uh, the last thing I would mention, so for any drivers who haven't opted into per diem, I just wanted to take an opportunity to talk about that here briefly. Uh, per diem, so what is per diem? Per diem is uh, it's an expense reimbursement uh, that reimburses uh, expenses for meals uh, while away from home. So uh, gives really what it does, it gives our drivers uh, the opportunity um, to save on federal, Social Security, Medicare, and state taxes. Uh, CFI actually manages that for you, uh, but there is an administrative fee of 1490 per paycheck. Uh, if you, you're new to CFI and you have not opted into per diem, what I would tell you is that uh, the difference between our plan and other uh, competitors is that we have a lower cost to participate. We provide a larger driver savings with this program. And again, it is an opt-in, so you have to actually take the initiative uh, to do the work to opt-in. But it's very simple. Um, so 
All, all you really need to do is go out to the driver dashboard. Uh, and if you go out to the news feed section where the search is, just type in per diem. Uh, the calculator pops up, the videos pop up, and they give you very specific instructions on how to opt in and how to elect uh, per diem. But again, claiming per diem uh, makes the taxable portion of your net income less, allowing you to keep more of your, your earnings. So it puts more money in your pocket. Uh, but again, there is a very small administrative fee uh, for CFI to, to manage that program. So uh, a couple of notes on that. It does exclude local drivers, flipsy drivers, uh, independent contractors, uh, hourly drivers, and then students. But obviously, students can opt into the program uh, once they, they go out to, uh, to a solo driving status. Uh, the last uh, question or the last comment I would make on that, I'm sorry, is that uh, just remember that your weekly take-home pay will increase as a result of per diem. So this is a great opportunity, again, for you to take home some more money. Uh, and again, since per diem is not taxed, your Social Security, medical, Medicare, federal, and state taxes will be lower. So again, I would encourage you to talk to your fleet manager. If you have any questions, you can contact a number of people here within the organization. We'll be happy to get you set up and, and on the road to, uh, to using per diem. So, um, I think that's all I had here for this afternoon. Uh, at this time, I will turn it over to Caitlin Owens and Angie Rich. Fantastic. Thank you, Dustin. Yes, Angie and I have an exciting professional tool that we want to share with you today, and it's coming soon. Monday, actually. Uh, it's something called Workplace, and it is a tool that you might already be familiar with because it's created by Facebook. This is separate from your personal Facebook, but it has groups. You get in there, and it functions very similar, except it's a professional tool. We do have the apps available for download from both Android and for Apple devices. Uh, but Monday, we'll get you loaded in there. We'll send a fleet-wide message when you go. Find your fleet group, and you can interact with your team there. If you have potential customer leads, you can share that, and the sales team can grab those. If you want to chat with benefits, we even have an ADP virtual assistant chatbot that can answer some of your basic benefits questions. And uh, I know finance is preparing FAQ, and we are so excited to unroll this new tool that allows our entire CFI family to interact together on this platform. Angie? Yeah, I would just say that, that really explains Caitlin getting into the why, you know, why workplace, why for CFI, why now, and really ultimately the goal is for us to connect. Um, our goals are to communicate through this platform and, and promote that cross-function and cross-company visibility, really be transparent in what's happening and how it's happening. Plus, like Caitlin said, it's a familiar platform. It's nothing that takes training. Um, we're all pretty, pretty familiar with Facebook. And it allows this company-wide conversation to take place that really fosters collaboration and, and ultimately sharing in each other's successes. It's the first time that we'll have broad visibility to drivers, non-drivers, staff, all, all of the CFI families under one umbrella and, um, again, be able to promote and support the activities in each of those divisions as well. So we're pretty excited here. We hope you guys are too. That's fantastic. And uh, to touch on what Angie was sharing, when you get in there, there's two communities. One called, you'll see Test Transportation Enterprise Services. All that means is everyone who can report up to Greg Orr in there. So uh, your audience, uh, when you're in there, we've got a few of our friends from Transport America who are seeing how we're using the tool to see if it's something that they could use as well. And then you've got the CFI All. And in there, you've got your various departments, terminals, 
and your fleet groups as well. And with that, Cheryl, we're, if you could remind us the rules of engagement, we're ready to take a lot of questions. And thank you again. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone handset. Our first question comes from William Church. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, I'm What's up, guys? I'm much. How are you? Hey, uh, I'm all right. Just slow rolling through Cali. Um, I am hands-free, by the way. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks, first off, for the raise in the detention We've been dying for that. Like, feels like we finally graduated to the future now. And uh, I wanted to also say thanks for listening to my request for the public Wi-Fi. That was pretty awesome as well. Um, my question, I just wanted to know if you guys were looking at maybe something in the future about the layover, being 48, are we switching anything? Like, are talking about switching that to, like, 24 or or anything like that? Hey, buddy, this is Mike Hens. Yeah, we are looking into it. We're trying to figure out what's what, um, what would be the appropriate rules, how would we go about it. You know, I'm sure you also heard about all the, the cost pressures we're on. So we're trying to balance the timing and what's right and what's the right way to do it, especially. So, yep, it's on our radar. We just got to figure out the how. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I heard you guys talking about I, I We've all noticed the freight slowdown out here as well. But, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for everything else and see if you guys had any any intuition to, to look forward towards the, the layover and stuff. But take your time. I'm happy out here. Hopefully everybody else is, too. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, see you in a couple of weeks. Keep up the good work, Will. Uh, Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And our next question comes from Lynn Dennis. Your line is open. Hey, hey, I'm calling about um, pedal pedal extenders, you know, because of my the Dave and uh, the truck shop says that they have them, but not I'd have to get them because like I fractured my foot in October, and it's the seat doesn't go. I get it all the way forward, and I still have to use my tippy toes to accelerate. Um, so it's like it's hard. I get I get cramps in my foot from my tippy toes on the brake and on the accelerator. Yeah. Hey, Lynn, we'll, we'll get back if, with you. Yeah. All right. Lynn. Yeah, because um, yeah, because if you could have them for drivers that need them, that'd be great. Lynn, Lynn we don't. Lynn, we don't have those available, and I'm not. I don't know of any available for a truck, but let us call you so that we can visit about that. Okay. Okay. What's your truck number? Oh, and 39522. Okay. And one more thing. My passenger would like to thank the company for you letting him be a passenger because he said you saved his life um, because he had a stroke like 10 years ago and being able to be on the truck and make it keep it nice and shiny and buffing it and it's it's actually helped him physically but he wants to well, let you know awesome. thank the company yeah he keeps he polishes the rims he does all that stuff so my truck's always nice and shiny even in the snow he did it <laughs> awesome. all right well thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Nice. 
And our next question comes from Mark Ely. Your line is open. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing today? Hey, um, I know I know. times are going to get lean. Do you guys see it going to be like 2007, 2008 kind of lean? Or are we just looking, hey, right now we're going to see how this all settles out? And if so, should you guys remember beforehand our trucks were set at 70, went to 65? Maybe we drop 65 down to 62 if the fuel should get high. You know, where are you guys all on that? Hey, Mark, this is Greg. So first off, I would tell you um, everything we're seeing right now, I don't think we're going to see anything near like 2007, 2008. And the reason I say that is a couple things. Um, it's kind of been the perfect storm if you think about it. You know, we've had, as Mike talked about, the, the challenges in and out of Mexico. Um, we've seen tariff issues, and I think, you know, hopefully we're getting closer to having that deal done. Uh, people have pulled more inventory into their their um, system than they've had in years, and from what I understand, there's a, a backlog out at the ports in California. There's so much freight sitting out on the water right now that we're just waiting to sell through. And I think the other big thing that that we've kind of taken for granted is one that we've had a, a pretty darn rough winter. Uh, more importantly, that we've had a very wet spring. Um, and farmers have not been able to get in the fields. And I think as you think about just the farming community in general, um, that impacts a ton of our shippers, um, especially, you know, you, you think about like the John Deere's and the Caterpillars that we do quite a bit of business with. And the other piece is, is the produce season hasn't really kicked off yet in California. And you think about the, all the additional reaper trailers that are in the drive-in market today. So... You know, will, will I tell you that it's going to look like 2018 again uh, at, the, at the end of this year? No, I, I, I firmly believe that it will not be that strong. But I do think that we'll see a gradual uptick in business as we go through uh, the rest of this year. And I can tell you that the sales team is working their living rear ends off uh, to fill the freight bucket back up for us, and, and they're doing a really good job. Um, to address your other question, boy, I tell you, I'm glad that you brought that one up because if I bring it up, I usually get uh, hung out to dry <laughs> on this call. But, um, you know, I, I tell you right now, I don't have any desire to lower the speeds on the trucks. Now, if we see fuel prices uh, go through the roof and, and all the pressures from, um, you know, the other countries around production and things like that, um, you know, I, I'll tell you, we will make a business decision, and, and I think uh, we'll we'll evaluate everything that we need to evaluate to do, before we do that, and we'll communicate accordingly. But right now, um, I would tell you, I think our focus is really uh, just filling the freight bucket, and, and I would highly encourage each one of the professional drivers that are out there touching the other customers. If you, as Caitlin talked about, this new tool that we have that we're rolling out next week, you know, if, you, if you're aware of shippers that are needing some additional capacity or uh, uh, gives us an opportunity to reach out, um, I would tell you don't be hesitant to put that information out there or call your fleet manager or whoever it may be to get that uh, going because uh, our focus right now is really on new customers. Uh, we love our existing customers, but we're trying to uh, put – uh, a lot of different eggs in different baskets instead of continuing to go back to the same well. So I know I've rattled here for a second, but a really good question. All right. Well, I wasn't trying to hit anybody with the cattle pod, but for a company that's given us so much, 
I'm easily to give back, you know what I'm saying? And I want us to be a good company. You know, right now, every driver out there, it's all hands on deck because we're going to have to sell to keep on going, and it's going to have to be everybody. You're absolutely right, and, and I would tell you we're not a good company. We're a great company. We're the best. We're like Tom Brady and the New England Patriots around here last hey, time. Hey, hey, what You're really striking chords today, aren't you? Hey, I told all of you guys anyways we were winning the Super Bowl, and you all laughed at me. But I'll, let, I'll get yeah. off the phone, guys, and I really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate it. And our next question comes from Johnny Duffel. Your line is open. Hi, Hi, everybody. Um, I just had something I wanted to bring up as a possibility in the near future, maybe. Uh, I belong to a disaster response team in Oklahoma, and we were just talking this morning, and I said I was going to bring this up to CFI for the possibility of those drivers or anybody in-house that wish to is to possibly have a CPR class. That's interesting. I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. We've done done CPR classes, I know, in the past. I don't know that we've ever had too many drivers attend, but um, if, if that's something of interest, we could definitely take a look at scheduling something far enough in advance and, and communicating accordingly if you want to do if. You know, if we had a, a good attendance, we could, we could coordinate that. So, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. I think that's a great call because, truthfully, I, I know a lot of our professional drivers uh, are put in situations where they tend to want to help, and and if somebody's in uh, in need, uh, you know, the more training they can have is the better off. So, we'd definitely be open to that for sure. Johnny, right? Yeah, and that's what I was explaining to him that, to our leader this morning of our disaster team was because. We've we've been working on all kinds of stuff, such as NIMS and classes and certification courses to make our whole disaster team up to par for the state. And I said, you know, not I don't think that it should be mandatory because not every single person, like my husband, is communications. He doesn't get out and pound the ground when they're looking for people, et cetera. But the ones of us who are really need to have CPR training or something of that sort, and we're also getting ready to do a blood pathogen training through our team. So, but I thought it'd be great because, like you said, you know, I mean, I myself have had to stop and help with an accident. I did not know CPR. Luckily, other people there did, you know, but it's just, it's important to me, you know, I know I would be there. Joey, this is Caitlin, and I'm going to give you a call because I like your idea, and with Workplace, we've got the opportunity to show videos and more easily do training things to put out there. So I'll give you a call, and we'll see what we can put together. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Have a good you. day. See ya. You too. Thanks. Our next question comes from Scott Dell. Your line is open. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are we doing? Uh, good, good, good. Quiet, Scott. Gotta speak up, man. Okay, hold on. Microphone's up above my head. I'm sorry. Good afternoon. Go. Hope everybody's doing good. Uh, I actually had two questions, but I'm going to go to one. And it has two part. Why do we have all the signage up? No idle zones and everybody idles in it. And second part of that question is our trucks are supposed to be set that they won't idle 
below or above what is it 34 35 degrees up to what is it 74 75 whatever we had everybody sits around 65 degree day here in taylor and there's seven trucks idling can't we do something about it and if we can why don't we charge these guys for the fuel in their trucks that they're burning it's taking money out of everybody's pocket if they park in a new idle zone and they're idling, write them up, let local dispatch know, and charge them. It'll teach them. It'll save us money. You know? Hey, Scott, this, hey Scott this is Dustin. So, first of all, a big thank you. Thank you for your, your discipline to good fuel management, how you're consuming it. And, and then I appreciate you pointing that out. The answer to your question is yes. We have the no idling zones uh, for a particular reason, and um, we actually do monitor our yards and offer coaching uh, to drivers that are idling their trucks in those conditions that we have outlined as, um, I guess, prohibitive. And so our terminal managers have that responsibility to identify that, and they share that back here with us in Joplin, and then we take the opportunity to coach uh, and understand uh, why they might be idling. So uh, the answer to your question is you're absolutely right. We shouldn't be doing that unless there's a circumstance that we're not aware of or familiar of. But, um, you know, again, we need, you know, we talked earlier, Mike talked in the, in the beginning of the call right. real quickly about us managing our costs. If fuel is the second largest expense that we have here at CFI next to labor. And so there's right. a lot of work that we can be doing, and I'm, I'm proud to announce, too, that, you know, our fuel and route compliance is it was, we're right at, at 70% and excited about continuing to push that up even more because we can put more money back into our pocket and we can do some of the exciting things like uh, we've talked about on the call, like increasing detention pay and buying new trailers and reinvesting back into the organization. So thank you for your observation on that, and that is why fuel management is so important. Hey, Dustin, just, just, just to give Scott a shout-out, his current month-to-date fuel mileage is above eight miles to the gallon. So, what, he's yeah, what, what he's talking about, he's he's getting it done out there on the road and it's showing the results. And yeah. he's teaching a student to do it right too. That's right. He's also got a student on the Yeah, yeah. And well, hey, this is. I, I, this, this is Randy, and I was just going to bring up the temperature range on the trucks on the idling. It's 35 to 65. That's the range. Okay. I'm just, you know, I'll keep doing what I do because I'm doing my part to help you guys out, and I'm glad those signs, you can roll them around because I'll roll a sign around and put it right in front of the truck so when the driver gets up and opens the window, he can see that sign that says, um, you're parked in a no-idle zone. So I may make a few enemies, but I'm doing my part to help you guys, too. But keep up the good work, and, hey, I appreciate it, too. I know it's a little slow right now, but things will pick up. Yep, it will. Have a good one, Scotty. All right, Scott. Scott. Cheryl, we've got time for our last question, please. Thank you. Our next question and last one comes from Michael Slack. Please go ahead. Mike, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, piggybacking on what you're talking about with the trailer lights earlier, there is a problem with these new trailers. I've had five of them, one right after another, where they're actually wired wrong in the nose box. You can turn your marker lights on, the right side stays off. You turn your clearance light switch on, the right side comes on. 
We well, open it up and there's wires in the wrong place. You, I, you, we need to check the fuses in your truck. Because hey, Mike, aren't you on the yard today? Uh, no, I'm, I'm in Arkansas. I'm in Arkansas. Now it's not fuses because I can I can move the wire where it belongs and the lights come on. So again, if you have that fuse blown, it's going that's going to happen. Because we had our guys in the trader shop this morning. We pulled a trader in. We pulled it apart. We pulled the 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 nine pin connector off and everything to check everything, and we hooked it up to a truck and everything worked just fine on the new trailers. But they found a truck that had that problem and it had it had a fuse blown. In. Okay, well I've had five different trailers and all my fuses are fine because they're supposed to be on your clearance lights and marker lights. There's two black wires and two brown wires. There's a brown wire on the black terminal. That is correct. And I got You are right. You are right. And that's the way they're wired. Hey Mike, when you're in why, when you get back to Joplin, why don't you guys why don't you swing by and see if we can't take a look at your truck and test it on a couple trailers just to see what you're seeing. Yes. That, yeah, we that'll can help clarify things for us. We can certainly look at it, but Mike we, okay. we did we found a, we, we you're you're exactly right what you just described about the brown wires and the black wires. And we uh we hooked it up to a new truck and everything worked just fine. So I'm not sure what's going on, but the one but we did have one truck that had an issue and it had one of the fuses blown because they were set up with a left and right fuse in the truck and there was a fuse blown. Okay. Uh, I got in a fight with the trailer guy the other day about it. Well, let's not fight with the trailer because guys, okay? He, well, he, <laughs> I mean, it was one of those, the tra if, if you turn a switch on and your lights don't come on, there's a problem. He, said, he told me, just turn all my switches on. Well, that's not correct, because if DOT says turn this switch on and your lights don't come on, then there's a problem. You're going to get a ticket. Well, and, and you know, it could be, and I'm not, I'm not making excuses, but it could be that the trader, the guy in the trader shop didn't know about the trucks. So, but right. nevertheless, I, Mike, when you're, back in, when you're back in here, let's get your truck in here and get it looked at, okay? Okay. All right? Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. We'll do it. Uh, bye. And thank, thank you, everyone. This concludes our May Your Voice is Heard call. Additional questions can be submitted to communications at cfidrive.com, and the podcast recording will be available on both iTunes and the website podcast, podcast.cfidrive.com in the next couple of weeks. Once again, that website is podcast.cfidrive.com. We'll see you again in November for the all-executive question call. But until then, we've got Jeff Thurlow and Adam Sparlin with your monthly Your Voice is Heard and the CFI Insider. Thank you, everyone. Have a safe day.